We were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and crazy, but when we do life together, it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I also love sharing all the secrets about things that have worked for me so that they can help you. On Living Easy, I really like to dig deep. We will laugh together and struggle together. You'll hear honest insight and practical tips about things like time management, building a brand, traveling, strengthening your faith in your marriage, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome back to Living Easy. Um, Thank you all so much for supporting and showing up with me every Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you listen. It's such a joy to have you all and to share this life with you, whichever way we possibly can. And as of right now, it's via podcast. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about something that I am really, really passionate about seeing changed, not only in myself, because I am definitely coming at this from a perspective of wanting to see growth in my own life because I struggle with this a lot, Um, but also wanting to see just transformative growth in our friendships, in our city, in our world. And that is the discussion about our addiction to our cell phones. So I have Googled a ton of stuff on this just to see other people's perspectives. And the biggest thing that I see when I Google is that addiction to iPhone or worship of iPhone or Apple worship or the religion of Apple. And it's so fascinating because I do not think that's far-fetched. There are very few things in this world that are so consistently purchased, focused on, discussed than the iPhone. And it is because it has become a piece of our bodies. I think that we treat our phones as if there are oxygen tanks. How often do you not know where your phone is and within five minutes you're panicking? Like panicking as if your life support (laughs) is about to leave you because you don't know where your phone is. You don't know where your lifeline is and you need that to feel complete, right? You need that to feel content. And some of you, this may not be the case. If not, That's amazing. But I think especially in generations younger than us, this is something that has become such a staple in every single person's life that they don't know what to do without it. And I have many moments where I don't know what to do without it. And so I've been trying to make a lot of changes in my life, in my habits with my phone. And I want to just talk about some of the things that our phones might be doing to our lives that we may not even realize and how we can change those things and why we should change those things. So here's the thing. We see alcohol as an addiction because some of us don't have that temptation. You know when someone in your life is an alcoholic because they can't live without it. And we see pornography as an addiction because we don't all succumb to that desire But our addiction to our phones is so widespread around the world that it's actually terrifying to me how little we all realize the intensity of it or just how little we care to fix it. A lot of us, I think, sometimes might think, 
what's the big deal? We all have it. We all do it. But you guys, we're only like 20 years into this, if that, into this new thing. And I always think of cigarettes. I don't know if you have seen any cigarette ads from like the 1950s, but there are people in airplanes smoking cigarettes and the ad says something like, everybody's doing it. Why don't you? You know, the really nifty advertising of the 50s. There are men who are promoting buying cigarettes to lose weight for women because men did all the advertising then, but they're promoting to women like use cigarettes, lose weight. And now we see the effects of cigarettes. And then we look back to soda and cocaine being one of the biggest things that they were promoting to keep your energy up and also to lose weight. And now we look back and we see how could they not see this? But yet we don't know the effects that cell phones, iPhones, screen time, staring at the screens with our eyes are going to have on us. And we are just living blindly. And I don't want to get into like conspiracy theory. I'm going to talk about very real things that our phones are affecting in our lives and the relationships, the productivity, our mindset, all of it. So first... I want to talk about phones as an idol. There are countless scriptures about idolatry, which is worshiping anything other than God, placing something on a pedestal that is higher than God. 1 Corinthians 10.14 says, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. 1 John 5.21 says, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Colossians 3.5 says, Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, impurity, lust, evil desires, which are idolatry. There are so many scriptures warning us about idolatry, and we see this pattern, whether you're a believer or not, when you put something above God, when you put something in the rightful place of what should be how you would worship a God. So sex or relationships or alcohol or drugs or self-preservation, any of these things, what happens? They come tumbling down and they wreck your life most of the time. Because if we put anything in such a high position, we are giving it control and power over our lives. And I do strongly believe with phones that they have so much power over our lives. How many times do you pick up your phone and start scrolling and then set it down and then pick it up and look at the exact same thing you looked at and then put it down and then look at the exact same thing you looked at? And then if you rearrange, this is a little tip, if you rearrange your apps and you find yourself just using your finger to go where you're used to going, you see how often you're trying to get into an app that you just looked at seconds ago. This is a heart issue, you guys. This phone addiction is a heart issue and it affects so much around us. And I really wanna challenge something. So my first point is anxiety and depression. If you struggle with anxiety and depression, I struggle with anxiety, not as much as I used to, but I still have my moments. And I use, (laughs) I'm sure you've heard of it, Candy Crush. When I am like having a moment and I need to go and veg out and just be alone, I will immediately turn on Candy Crush to wipe away all of my stresses. And sometimes it's really great. But when I get stuck on it and I spend a lot of time on it, I am instantly feeling angsty or anxious because I'm not getting things done. I'm not being productive and it's sucking up my time. It's sucking up my time from people, sucking up my time from myself and the things that I actually really want to do. Even if it's something as silly as a face mask, 
I just spent 45 minutes playing stinking Candy Crush or scrolling through Facebook videos or looking at Instagram photos or Instagram stories, and now I've lost my night. It creates anxiety in my heart. And I just want you to ask yourself, like, if I'm being real and raw, does my phone add to my anxiety? Does my phone contribute to my depression? I think we think that it contributes to relaxation a lot of the time, and we use it as an escape from stress or from the real world, like I do with Candy Crush. But subconsciously, it's pulling us deeper into an anxious mindset or a depressed spirit because, especially with social media, we're comparing, contrasting, envying, becoming angry at someone for something that they did, finding a reason to dislike someone that otherwise we wouldn't even know, or someone that we wouldn't dislike. We feel unworthy or unsettled. And all of these things create angst. It's like we're disillusioned and we don't see what is really happening with our phones and what they're really doing to us. So I just want to encourage, just my first point, is if you struggle with anxiety or depression, take some time and see if it is contributing because it very well could be. And I have so many friends who struggle, who have to be really intentional with their time so that they don't get bogged down by what their phone can do to their soul and their spirit and their heart. Next is disembodied relationships. Throughout scripture, you see the importance of coming together, coming together as a church, coming together as a body, coming together as a people in fellowship to worship, to love one another, to love your neighbor, to challenge one another and prune and sanctify and encourage and admonish one another. But We have, and I know this is talked about so much, but it just is not acknowledged in the way that it should be. And I just want to encourage all of you living easy people, sparrows and lily people, come alongside me in this and allow yourself to go there with your mind. Don't just write this off and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe a couple words will stick with you. Take notes, challenge yourself, pray about these things and ask God how you can grow and not allow this idolatry, this worship, this addiction, whatever it is in in your life. Because how often do you say, let's get together, let's get coffee. I'm so guilty of that. And especially with my blog, it's hard to keep up with everyone. And it's not possible to always have these types of face-to-face relationships all the time, right? Especially when you're busy working or you're a mom. But I strongly believe that people probably saw one another and spent time on the couch looking one another in the eyes far more maybe than they do now. And I think that our generation is coming to a point where they're realizing that this is crazy. Like it's loony how much we sit looking at our phones. And I think so much of that has come from seeing videos and pictures of people who are sitting face-to-face from one another to coffee shop and they're both on their phones. That makes me cringe inside if that ever happens to me. And so I've been really intentional about that. And one thing I want to ask is, do you put your phone on your table when you're talking to someone? And is it face up? Think about it. If you're at a table with somebody, say you're getting to brunch and you meet them and you say hello and you give hugs and you sit down and you start talking and their phone is set face up on the table. And if they look for the time, if they click it to look for the temperature, if they click it to see who just texted them, do you feel like the most important person at that table? Probably not. Or 
now the iPhone watches or whatever they're called, Apple watches. I promise I'm techie, you guys. I'm kind of techie, but they check it. And I had a friend who had one and I, it was just like a running joke between us. But every few seconds she would look at her wrist and just tap a button or something. And I'm like, what the heck is going on over there? What are you looking at? You know, but it's messages or it's calls or emails or social media notifications. Like it is all at the touch of our fingertips with this. And we're so distracted and it steals from our relationships. And one of the things that has really caused me to be intentional about my time with my phone is my children. And so if you don't have children, one day maybe you will have children and you can learn sooner rather than later. But at the end of the day, now I will ask myself, did my phone see my eyes more than my children saw my eyes? Did my phone see my eyes more than my husband saw my eyes? Did my phone see my eyes more than my parents did, more than my friends did, more than the people at my church did? Did my phone see my eyes more than any of these people who are important to me? If so, that's a problem. It challenges the heck out of me, you guys, at the end of the night because I am saying I'm coming to you again, that this is not something I have excelled at or succeeded in, and that's what Living Easy is about, is coming together and struggling together and facing these hard questions together and moving toward a better, sweeter, more abundant life, and phones legitimately are holding us back if we have this attachment to them. So as encouragement, it's never too late. If at the end of the day, your phone saw your eyes more than someone you love did, apologize. Ask for forgiveness because asking for forgiveness is a vocal way of shifting our minds to realizing that something was wrong there. Rather than acknowledging it or justifying it, shift that. And if you're not feeling guilty, like if that's not a thing and you don't really care, how would you feel at the end of your life? Like just ask yourself, will I care? If not, more power to you. That's your thing. That's your prerogative. But if at the end of your life, you'll regret not looking at your family more, like it's a crazy thing that this is even a thought now, that there is something that draws us so far away that we have to ask, do I look at my family enough? But it's true. We scroll and we scroll. And especially with apps like TikTok, oh my gosh, someone had me look at that, which it's just wild and not appropriate at all. But it is so easy to just get sucked in because they're quick entertaining videos. And so just like, what's more important, you guys? What is more important? That's my final question. Okay. So number three, what we're beholding. What we spend our time beholding shapes our hearts and molds us into the people that we are. So if we behold a textbook and we spend 10,000 hours because 10,000 hours is what makes you a professional or an expert in something. So say you spend 10,000 hours in this textbook about math or about computer engineering or about home design, whatever your passion is, that is what you're becoming, right? Because you're learning and you're soaking in and that's where your time and your energy and your talents are going. If we spend our time beholding the Bible and we are reading it, and we are faithful, and we are soaking it in, and we're taking notes and allowing it to penetrate our hearts. That is what we are becoming. We are beholding it, and we're becoming it. In the same way, if we are constantly beholding our phones and the information that it's providing to us, and it is not helpful information, because there are things like podcasts that I listen to that challenge me and they grow me and they make me better, but I'm able to continue on with my life a little bit or at least sit and take notes and be present 
when I'm listening to those. But if we are going through these empty things, that is what we're becoming. And that spiritual truth, you guys, is so frightening to me, but it is also so useful because, again, it's not too late. That is why we're having this discussion. It's not too late. It raises the question, what happens to our soul? What happens to our minds? What happens to our hearts when we spend so much time beholding the glowing screens of our phones? How are we changed? How are we conformed? And so with this, I would just encourage you guys to get out a notebook, not your phone notebook, (laughs) a real pen and paper notebook, and write down, how has my phone changed me? And list it off. Allow it to become real and tangible in your life. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that we're talking about this. I feel like you're all just like sitting in a room having the conversation with me. I wish you were. I am just so eager. I don't know what it is. I'm so eager to see this changed and transformed and just as a movement. Let us stop allowing this to have control over our lives. One of the things I love the most about this podcast is having the opportunity to be a part of a community. I love sharing free and helpful content, obviously, to make your life just a little bit easier and a lot more joyful. So if after the podcast you want more, which is totally understandable, I have that for you. I am so thankful to have people as a part of my community that I can send relationship tips, meal prepping ideas, home decor tips, encouragement for motherhood and so much more directly to their email. If you want to join thousands of others just like you who receive exclusive free printables and a bi-weekly newsletter from me filled with tons of helpful life hacks that are tailored specifically for you, all you have to do is sign up. Go to sparrowsandlily.com backslash community. You'll receive delicious recipes that we have tried as a family and love. You'll receive free subscriber-only content that is created by the interviewees that I speak to that will be sent directly to your email. And you'll also receive first access to giveaways, living easy courses, event info, and so much more. All you have to do is join our community. Go to sparrowsandlily.com. That's S-P-A-R-R-O-W-S and L-I-L-Y.com backslash community. Okay, next thought, self-reflection and quiet time. Our phones prevent us from sitting and being bored. Isn't it like a foreign concept now, being bored? Like you're in the car and you're sitting and whereas you'd be listening to like talk radio if a song weren't on or a boring commercial and you would just have to sit through it. Instead, we pick up our phones. Or if you're in a coffee shop and you're alone, instead of sitting quietly with your thoughts, you pick up your phone because it's a piece of you, right? And I think as I say that it's a piece of you, I'm not giving you that identity. I just want it to be a reality and for you to say, no, it is not going to be a piece of me. I'm not putting that on you. I'm just saying like it can so easily be or become that. And so let's say I am not that and I will not be that. But we're not meant to be constantly on. Scripture calls us to be self-reflective. Scripture calls us to be at peace and at rest. And there's a reason that there is a Sabbath and that God rested on the seventh day. And this is an entire episode that I will touch on for sure, but rest is a command. Like the Sabbath is a command. Why are we commanded to rest? 
because we have to be commanded to, or we likely will not do it. Laziness is a whole other spectrum, but when we are people who are go, 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 and we live busy lives and busyness has now become like this badge of honor that it should not be, we don't know how to just sit. And so God knew that. He knew that was going to be us, that that was going to be the case. And he said, you need to do it. And it allows us to see the position that we're in when we do rest. We are not in control of all things. We cannot make all the things happen. We need rest and we need to realize and remember who is in control. And that is God. Over every iota of our lives, He is in control. And so that quiet time, that rest to remember whose we are and who we are, is just as crucial as those productive moments. We need to allow quiet, you guys. We need to be single-minded and not multitasking and allow the self-reflection and the quietness because in those moments you don't have your phone and you're sitting in a coffee shop, you're thinking, like you're processing, you're considering your life, you're considering the mistakes that you've made, you're considering the things that you want to grow in. But a lot of the time when we start thinking about those things, especially if there's regret or anger or any sense of emotion in that, we run away from it by picking up our phones instead of allowing ourselves to really feel and really process and really be present in the moment. It is important to be unitasked. One task, one focus, just sit and be quiet. So don't allow yourself to miss out on that self-reflection in that quiet time. Number five is mental health. So I know I touched on anxiety and depression, but I want to get into kind of all of it all of the effects that it has on us, on children, on the youth, on different generations. Suicide rates have risen by 65% and severe depression has risen by 58%. And that was a study that was done by the CDC. I'm sure that it is constantly changing. It's something to consider. Even if we're not teenagers in high school, which I can't even imagine, (laughs) oh my word, having social media in high school. I I mean, rumors spread enough and gossip was created and drama was had. Had there been Instagram and Snapchat, holy cow, I would have died. Like I can't even imagine, you know, I don't even want to go there in my mind. I'm sure probably most of you feel the same if you're listening to this, but it's crazy, right? It's crazy the access that people have to the information or the supposed information in our lives. And it can affect us so much. And so I just want to ask, like, do you compare your marriage to the marriage of other people? I've talked about this a little bit in my social media heart check episode on the Milk and Honey podcast, but we have to look at what we're comparing. And we might think, oh, I don't really struggle with that. But if you're comparing your marriage to someone else's, or if you're comparing your motherhood to someone else's, that is an issue right? It's an issue because these aren't people, especially if it's someone you don't know, these aren't people that you're spending life with, life alongside. I always think of Lisa Turkers. God bless her heart, man. She has been through the ringer and she's incredible, but she lived a quiet life of ministry. She promoted ministry. I guarantee everyone thought that she had a perfect marriage And then she revealed that her husband had been having an affair for, I believe, something like 18 months or longer, and that they were going to be separating because they'd been going to counseling, all these things. It was just such a strong reminder to me 
that nothing tells the whole story. And we say we know that. I was just having this conversation with my sister last night. Like we say we know social media is not real, but we truly don't believe that because we choose to believe what people are showing. But Lisa Turkhurst didn't feel the need, obviously, to share with all of her followers the struggles within her marriage because she was suffering and she was struggling. And thank God their marriage is totally redeemed and her story is absolutely incredible. And her forgiveness and her grace and her husband's restoration that God has brought upon both of them is amazing. But we didn't know the background and you don't know the background of these other people. And so if you're allowing it to affect your mental health when it comes to feeling envious or feeling discontent or feeling anxious and depressed or even suicidal because of what you see with other people, it has to be a check and a change. Like there has to be a change there because these things can't happen. And I tell people often, I don't really follow bloggers because I just don't. Like I know what that stuff can do to me seeing a skincare routine and this girl's perfect skin. I'm like, how does she look like that? You know? Those thoughts are just not thoughts that I want to sit in my mind. And so it's nothing against these people. I'm sure they're great. Like I have a blog, but that's just not something that makes me feel good. So I always tell people, especially friends, I'm like, hey, if you want to unfollow me and you don't want to see all this junk and you just want to have a face-to-face relationship, let's have that face-to-face relationship. No hard feelings because I know what seeing people getting free stuff can do or seeing people renovate a house can do or people seeing, I know it because I have felt it before and I shield myself from it. I pray that God will give me wisdom and discernment in that and like give me self-control as well because I can't blame other people for my emotions. But I also think that there's wisdom in just taking a step back and not paying attention to those things. And so mental health can truly be affected. It's going deep, you guys, and asking yourself, is this impacting my anxiety? Is this impacting my depression? Is this causing me to forsake things that are actually very important to me? And lastly, number six, it steals from our daily joys. And this is a huge one for me. And I think it's a huge one for a lot of people because God has given us so much, hasn't he? Like, as I think about it, I could list off a hundred things that he has blessed me with that may not have been what I expected or may not be easy, but they are blessings and they are gifts within themselves. And yet I squander them and I squash them and I ignore them because of my phone. Oh my gosh, it makes me so mad. It makes me mad at myself because of my phone. Our phones are not that important. This scrolling is not that important. That girl's life over there that you love and know her name and know where she lives and know her family and her kids' names and her life is not of any importance to you. Truly, in the grand scheme of things, those people in front of you, those little eyeballs looking up at you, they are going to mimic what they see not what you tell them. You can tell them all day long that screen time is bad for them or that they need to get outside or that they need to look up in the sky and see all that God has created or that they need to travel and adventure. But when they see their parents, and this is not a guilt trip, you guys, this is a reality check for me again and for all of us, sitting on the couch on our phones or sitting on the bed on our phones or telling them, hold on, give me just a few more minutes. Hold on, give me just a few more minutes. Or telling our husband the same thing or our parents or our friends sitting in the car with us. Like every second we are pushing people away from us for the sake of someone's life who does not matter. I want that to sink in for all of us. Like that's huge, you guys. Oh, it's so huge. I feel like emotional about this. It's crazy to me. And so I just pray I am praying, and I prayed before I started this episode, that these words would, again, not just be something that you brush off your shoulders, but something that you allow to change your life. Not my words, but the reality of the situation that we are in. 
and that God has called us to so much more. He has called us to a life of loving our neighbor, of going to our next door neighbor's house and knocking on the door and saying, hey, do you want a piece of cake? Or baking cookies or just going and saying, hey, do you need any help with anything? Or inviting a friend over for a coffee date instead of saying, oh my gosh, it's finally my time to like sit and be alone. But you're not actually going to be alone. (laughs) You're going to be looking at the lives of a million other people or playing a game or whatever. Like use that time wisely. God has given you a limited amount of time, a finite amount of time And we have access to unlimited resources, unlimited phone content, unlimited news, unlimited virality. We were not created for this unlimited access. It sucks life out of us. It drains us and it consumes us. Use the time wisely. Let us ask God, what have you created my life for? It is surely not this. It is worth so much more. Your life is worth so much more than scrolling on a screen. There's so much more. And how much time have you wasted on that? Like, look at your hours. The average amount of time spent on a cell phone a day, whether it's just picking it up and looking at it and putting it back down, picking it up, putting it back down, scrolling for an hour, whatever, is four to six hours a day spent. Now that might be excessive for some of you, but I would encourage you to get the apps that check your time because it might absolutely shock you. So use your time, you guys. Pray for your time to be used. Pray for self-control because all of this boils down to a heart issue. We need to think about how can we fix this? How can we change this? And how can I use my life for a greater purpose? Number one, It's a heart issue, (laughs) like we've talked about. It is totally a heart issue, and we can do behavior modification, and there's nothing wrong with behavior modification. But if we don't get to the root of the heart, our actions will not change. They just won't. They may change for a season, and then we're going to go right back to where we were. So the first thing is repentance. Repentance is asking God for forgiveness if you have a relationship with him or if you don't because asking him for forgiveness, he is so free and willing to give you that forgiveness. But for wasting your time or ignoring your family, um, asking for forgiveness for squandering the gifts that he's given to you and then changing. So repentance is asking for forgiveness and then turning from your old ways and walking on a new path. So do that repent of those things of what it might be and saying it out loud and lifting it to God and giving him the power to change your heart and the self-control and asking the Holy Spirit to give you the self-control, the discipline, the desire to love and live better is massive. That is huge. And and staying in the word and remembering what you're called to and surrounding yourself with people and going to a church, not just listening to online sermons because we are called to be a part of a church body. Like there are the arms and the legs and you are one of those. You are useful. You have a purpose, a true, genuine purpose in this life. And you may not know what it is yet, but if you ask God, he is sure to guide you on that path. So ask him and get involved, plug yourself in, volunteer, love your neighbor, show up for people, and you'll see that your desire for a phone decreases day by day. So a few practical things. One, phone-free zone. This is really big for our family, 
um, especially for me, because like I've said, over the past year especially, I've been so incredibly convicted about this that I've made really drastic changes to our lives. And even though they might not seem drastic to some people, especially if they don't have issues with their phone, they're drastic to us because Jesse and I, my husband, we both work on our phones, then live on our phones, obviously. So it's like double the struggle. So we have just made phone-free zones in our house. So we ensure that temptation is far away, right? Because you can have it right next to you and say you're not going to pick it up. But if that is a part of your body, you're going to probably pick it up at least once or twice. And then again, the people at the table, especially my children, don't feel like they're the most important people there. And that crushes me and I am not going to let that happen. So our dinner table specifically is always a phone-free zone. The phones get put in a separate room. They are silenced and we go and we are present with one another at the dinner table. If there are emergencies, if there's something, obviously we have grace with that, but this is something that we're sticking to, that we're intentional about, not perfect at, but we have made it important, so therefore it became important. Also, if you are working and you have something to get done and you find yourself checking your phone and being distracted, or if you're cleaning and you need to get stuff done, or if you're doing homework with your kids, I mean, there's so many things that should be phone-free. So maybe writing down and determining what those phone-free areas need to be and then making a zone for them. So if it's a basket that you have at your front door and you know, I do not walk to that front door until I've completed my task. Having that area is crucial, and it might not be easy to get your spouse on board with this, but I truly believe in living by example and living it out, not just telling them, hey, get off your phone in the one second that you're not on your phone, (laughs) right? You're like, oh, I just put my phone down. Why are you always on your phone? Isn't that what marriage is? It totally is. Instead, like living it out and letting them see the importance that you're placing on your family sets a much greater example than nagging our spouses about this. It's just crucial to get it out of your environment, especially if you're obsessively checking it. So move it away and it will suppress your desire to use it. I also do this when I'm with my friends. I will almost 90% of the time, and somebody might, they might not even realize that I do this, but I almost always leave my phone in my purse. I do not want the distraction unless I'm working and I tell them beforehand, hey, I'm working, I have this stuff coming in, or hey, I only have a few minutes because I have this stuff going on. If I'm going to their house or they're coming to my home and I'm with them, I don't know where my phone is. And it's turned into a running joke, especially with my husband, because my phone is now always missing. <laughs> like It is always somewhere. I can't ever find it because I end up putting it somewhere knowing I have other things to do and it gets lost. And honestly, it is such a good feeling. Like It's such a good feeling to know, oh shoot, it's been three hours and I don't have my phone and I didn't even realize it. Like It's very freeing because I know that again, I'm living my life. I'm living my life actively and presently and it's beautiful. Next, have a phone-free day a week. Have not done this, you guys, and be totally candid. I tried it for like a week and I totally failed. So as I'm recording this, I'm committing to trying to do it at least for half a day. And the hard part is that my work, not only this, but other work goes to my phone. And so I need to figure that out. As I'm talking to you guys, I'm like, I need to figure this out because it needs to change. But half of a day, one day a week, make it a phone-free day. Turn your phone off, put it in that phone-free basket and allow that day to just be a present day. Nobody's gonna die without you, I promise. They can always call someone else. They can always find a way to get a hold of you. They can always come to your house and find you. If you don't have any present emergencies, 
spend a day without your phone and see how good you feel. Go on a hike, like experience creation in the outside and all that God has given us. Next, ask hard questions. Ask your spouse, how often do you see me on my phone? Or how often do you see me distracted on my computer or on a hobby or even, I mean, there's everything you guys that we use to like self-medicate. Ask them, like, how often do you find that I'm quote unquote self-medicating to get through the day? There's a place for self-care, but then there's also a place of like selfishness or distraction or just straight ignoring and asking that question. It might not be a fun answer, but it is very healthy and helpful to receive that accountability and that input to change the way that you do things. So I strongly encourage that you ask and then ask your children, is mommy on her phone too much? Is daddy on his phone too much? Do I do this too much? Ask your friends, hey, am I on my phone too much? Like, do I seem distracted? Do I seem like I'm not interested in what you have to say? I have friends who just are distracted by their phones. Like that's just the reality. I know that they love me, but do I always feel like the most important person in the room? No, and not in like a narcissistic way, like I need to be so important, but it makes you feel like, are they actually listening to what I'm saying if they're looking down and typing something? Like they just asked you a very serious question and then they look down at their phone and they start typing. You don't want to answer that, do you? So let us fight to not be that person. Instead, let us be that person that our friends and our family always know that they can come to and look us in the eyes. We will see them. We will love them. We will be there with them. Lastly, schedule time to just do nothing. As a mom, probably, you're like, ha, good one, Lindsay. That's great. That's a great idea. And I'm laughing at myself as I think about it. But even if it's eight o'clock at night or if you work and you come home and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired and I just want to veg and watch Netflix or scroll, schedule time. Schedule 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and hopefully it will get longer to just sit, to write, to Literally sit, like be alone with your thoughts because that is a concept that is so foreign to us, as I mentioned. We need to get back in touch with that. To be alone not only connects us with God because we have time for prayer and contemplation and awareness of who we are, what we are, instead of numbing that out. It allows us to be who we are and who we were intended to be by just like knowing. I don't know. It's so crazy to me. Like, I truly don't believe that we know who we are because one, we create ourselves to be someone else online. And two, we allow other people's opinions and lives to infiltrate us so much that we lose our sense of identity. So schedule time to do nothing. I know that this episode is intense. (laughs) I really hope you listened all the way through because I am so passionate about this. And I'm just so encouraged that there is hope in this, that there's a place where we're all coming to where we realize, yeah, there kind of is a problem. So let's find a solution. I just want to challenge you guys, encourage you guys and remind you like you're so loved. You're so worthy of God's love and of purpose and of the giftings that you have. So use them, be present, be the mom that God has called you to be, be the dad that God has called you to be, be the spouse that God has called you to be, be the friend, be the coworker, the person who looks other people in the eyes and loves them well because that is our calling. We honor God with all that we do. We make much of him and make less of ourselves by pouring ourselves out for other people. I love what Paul says in Philippians 2.17. He says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. 
Are you guys willing to be poured out? Are you willing to let God pour you out, to sacrifice your time, to sacrifice your phone for the sake of Him and for the sake of others, to minister and to love even when it isn't easy to do, when it isn't easy to say no to something that we think brings us a lot of rest so that we can be more to other people. Just something to think about. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share if you enjoyed this episode. It means the world if you do so that others can hear the gospel and the truth and the love and just have some hope and joy in their day when there may not be much of it. And also, if you could take a second to rate and review if you haven't already, that allows me to get awesome interviewees and also just to let other people know that you enjoy this and that it's something that they should listen to as well. So that's a huge blessing to me. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, for your love, for your support. I'm so thankful for you. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hey guys, if you love the show, the best compliment you could ever give is to share the love. If you enjoyed this episode, take a quick screenshot to share on your stories or on Facebook and tag me, or you can simply text it to a friend or family member. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast or at lindsay.maestas. The more you share, the more of an opportunity we all have to bring a little bit of hope and joy to people around the world. So let's do it together. Thank you all so much for your support and for listening to Living Easy. You guys are the best ever. Have a great day. Bye.